We got two out of four people who have seen Animal House. That's good. I've never watched it. Well, Mike, you, Michael, you, you haven't seen yourself. Things. Dude, I, ha- I really haven't. It's Guys, remember, I grew up watching movies in Spanish. There's a lot of movies that I didn't... Pretty they much don't, every they didn't movie. have Casa de Animal. Dude, I've literally never heard someone call it that. Ever. Casa like de Animal. We, all the Disney movies, all in Spanish. Tarzan and Phil Collins, his voice is actually pretty good in Spanish. He sang oh in Spanish? Dude, for that movie, he sang in like all these different languages. Like yeah, in he, Spanish, he sang really good. Welcome to the wow. Phil Collins podcast. He put his whole pussy out there for everybody to see on that one. Can we be the Phil Collins podcast slash anti-Peter Gabriel podcast? Absolutely Why? not. Peter Gabriel's the fucking shit. Genesis sucked whenever Peter Gabriel left. Phil Collins is a fucking weak old man. He can't even play drums anymore. Don't you dare talk ill about fucking Peter Gabriel, motherfucker. Damn. That, that you don't fighting. pissed off Andrew. <laughs> Who is Peter Gabriel? I really don't have a strong enough <laughs> Peter Gabriel to, to fight back on that one. Was Peter Gabriel the one that did the dun 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 dun? No, dun, that's that's no, Phil that was Phil Collins. Collins. Oh, okay. So who's Peter Gabriel? What Peter, Peter Gabriel? Peter do? Gabriel was the original frontman for Genesis, and he left the band to go out on his own. Who um, the fuck is Genesis? Wait, Peter Gabriel had uh, for fuck's sakes. Do you guys not know anything about fucking Look, if, rock? If it, if it's not Corn, I don't know who it is. So wait a second. Have you ever heard of Yes? I don't know who the fuck Yes is either. I'm I'm just like losing my mind. You guys listen to this like shitty prog rock like uh, kid metal and like uh, fucking Coheed and Cambria shit. You don't know who Yes and Genesis are. Hey, let's get out of here. We're we're beyond your butt rock, Andrew. We have moved past Creed. Uh, This is what I'm assuming you listen to. Rush in Circles. It's a band I listen to yet. Wait, are that is it Rush in Circles? Like you're running around fast? No, like Russian. No, yeah, Russian. Oh. Like it's apparently some kind of hockey drill, but yeah, it's oh. like the the country that's invading Ukraine would not go over well with Ukrainian squares. Then. Yeah. Look, okay, I was driving the other day, and uh, you know how like usually when people see something crazy, like in a movie, or they see something like, well, they're like, "Holy Mother of God!" I actually drove past a Ukrainian church called Mother of God Church. Isn't that just Mary? Ah, uh, it depends. It depends because you know. She birthed, I guess, the human one, right? But not she. 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 There was no placenta that could could carry the weight of the creator. I think uh, you're going to get a very angry email if they tell me, "Look at here, you don't talk about my Jesus like that." I'll tell you what. You just wait. You just wait till they like destroy the podcast, like they destroyed the Guidestones. Candace Taylor, what the fuck her name was? She'll probably come after your ass for talking bad about the Jesus. Who is Candace Taylor? Candace Taylor, uh, she ran for governor on the Republican ticket against, what's his fuck? I can't remember his name. But uh, part of her platform was she was going to have the uh, Georgia Guidestones destroyed and removed because they were uh, satanic. Like dude, in she, my just, head, she just wanted to party with Satan, dude. Well, look, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I don't know topical reference. I don't know po- political references, and so like my what? brain immediately what? thought, really? Look, my dude, brain immediately I always thought, thought you were like, like, like I'm you, just you've like, been schooling us. I'm on the bleeding edge of politics, man. But no, uh, like I, I legitimately thought that when you said Candace Taylor, I was like, is that the girl who played Cindy Lou Who on The Grinch, who grew up hot and like showed her titties off at concerts and stuff? I, yeah, it's def- I don't think <laughs> yes. that's her. I don't think it's yes, her. Definitely her. What is what? Definitely her. Wow. This is the Supernaturally Bad Podcast. I'm Rob Fenley. With, with us today, we've got Michael Melgar, Andrew Vanoy, and we've got 
Saint Caseman, uh, our beloved Pope Saint Caseman three thousand. Oh, the leader of the archdiocese. And if I can correct you, Rob, it's Brother Andrew and Brother Rob. I just call everybody brother anyway. Just every it's like I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> hey, Hogan. Hey, yeah, I, I'm at this hey, point brother. in life where it's like it's hard to remember people's names and shit. So it's just like, hey, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Good day, brother. So guys, I wanted to kick off today's episode by asking you, when was the last time you stepped into church? Obviously. I'm having a hard time remembering. Yeah, it took me a minute as well, Andrew. I had to think for a good long minute. My dad, you would never peg him as like a, a church dude. He uh, he went through this kind of revival of faith, if you will. And he it, it was the it was the last time that I, I went to set foot in a church, and it will be the last time forever, probably. He asked me, or I asked him, I said, you know, what do you want? Uh, what do you want for your birthday? He was just like, I'd really like it if you come to church with me this Sunday. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I mean, that's cheap. It's cheap. It's 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 an affordable birthday present. I'll go. <laughs> and we, uh, but it, it's it's just like this backwoods country church. There wasn't a single person besides me that was in there that was under like 45. They, they, they sing their hymns or whatever. And then they started on this, this sermon where they were like, now there are a lot of churches around, around here that are trying to have, bring in more people by saying that God is love and that's all you need and all, all Christianity is. I'm here to tell you now tonight that that is not the case. Now, if you don't join up with God, you are going to burn in hellfire. And you you are going to burn for eternity in that lake of gnashing teeth and fire. And I sat there, I was like, hold the fun. Like, this is the church my dad, like, he thought that I'd be receptive to this. And all these young people are running around here. They have their TikToks, and they don't learn a damn thing about Jesus. All they're concerned with doing is popping that pussy and serving the cunt. <laughs> was, that a part, was that a part of the sermon? And then sit down and pray on it if you can't kneel. <laughs> My church growing up sounds a lot like your father's, except it was a Spanish Pentecostal church. So they're the they're like the Pentecostal churches are the ones that do the speaking in tongues. And you had Spanish to that, guys. They would have like 30 minute like salsa breakdowns. I'm not even joking, dude. There were just people with maracas. This is full gospel Pentecostal bullshit and they allowed dancing. Oh, dude, you can do it in jeans. I was like eight years old when I first showed up to this church. Like the very first thing they told us was that Mickey Mouse was the devil, that his ears are hiding horns. Uh, we weren't allowed to watch Harry Potter or Pokemon because pocket monsters. Case, did you go to church? No, we did. We were not a church-going family. You never went to praise um, Jesus. Lucky. Uh, we would we would go to whatever the trendy church was in the county for like a month, and then my parents would just be like, "Fuck it, I'm not getting up early on a Sunday to do this bullshit." And uh, now we weren't a religious family. We didn't pray together. We didn't talk about religion. We didn't do religious things. The weird thing is they would identify as Christians. You know, they'd be like, oh, God, you know, God's the only way. That's the only way you get to heaven. But, like, adamantly will not go to church. God's the only way, but damn it, am I hungover. The thing was to just try to get out of church before the Baptists did because, like, all the good places to eat would get fucking mobbed. Those Baptists, man, they'll get out at, like, 11.55. They don't give a fuck. They'll break up prayer off early if it means they can get to... Wait, I'm, I'm not time. Pentecostal, bro. They guilt trip you there, and you you have to stay an extra like forty minutes. Actually, the last time I was in a church was yesterday. My... Are you a churchgoer? No, it's Saturday, motherfucker. 
Who has church on a fucking Saturday, Michael? Come on. I don't uh, know, no. man. She there's over 10 Saturday. Guys, did you know there's over 10,000 denominations of Christianity? Over 10,000. Oh. Michael, I have a question, though, for you. What does speaking in tongues sound like in Spanish? Basically the same thing, except with a little bit more of like a, a spice to it. I was just going to say it. It'd be spicy. Like when white folks speak in tongues, it sounds like somebody basically just like chopping wood. It's just like, but I, I have to assume that for Hispanic, like Pentecostal, it's got to sound, I don't I can't even. Is that not Spanish? That doesn't sound Spanish, bro. I don't fucking know. I don't speak Spanish. No, that's no, that, not fucking that, Spanish. When was the last time you went to a church service? Long time, brother. I don't remember. Were you, were you, were you grow up Catholic? No, I grew up Methodist. They definitely don't have the, the zazz, the fire, the brimstone, all that. It's typically on the loving side of things. See, that seems cooler. See, like when we were growing up, we went to Episcopal church, and I don't, I, I'd like it, and which is like a step away from being Catholic, right? Like it's, it's yeah. like you only eat like, fish, right? No, that's that's pescatarian, but thank you. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like Episcopalian, right? Is like they still do like the robes, they still have the people come down the aisle with like the little smoke things and all that shit. Yeah, and like we have a little cup that has actual red wine and we have a loaf of bread and we'll give you a piece of it, you know? And so like they pick up the bread, right? And they'd be like the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, right? And they would take this loaf and they would like break it in half. Bear in mind, they are in full robes. They look like some shit out of like midnight mass. They would raise it above their head and then just T-pose with it. Just like, oh, mom, mom, like once or twice had to take us out of the church because we wouldn't shut the fuck up. It was same, so, same. It was My mom so had to bad. take us out. <laughs> Dude, I was, I, I legitimately was scared the first time I saw people shaking at this Pentecostal church because they'd just be shaking, bro. It was like they're having a seizure. Did they have snakes? No, this one didn't have snakes, uh, but there snakes, are some Southern is, Baptist ones I have. Snakes is an almost exclusively white person thing. I'm going to just go ahead and say that now. Yeah. Like white people are the ones who think they can challenge nature and win dipshits. That's a, that's actually a pretty good segue for the episode. <laughs> well, I mean, with, with, I mean, with that said, this I mean, we're talking it, about it, snakes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, from the sound of it, it sounds like none of us have been to church in long enough or recently enough, besides Andrew, who kind of dipped a toe in, dropped some shit off. Did you at least, like, dip your toe in holy water? No. Uh, they, they do have, like, uh, those, you know, like, at school, the water fountains and stuff, if you need them, though. You didn't do a confessional or anything like that? Like, Father, I masturbated three times today? It was fucking Saturday. There's nobody in the church. But you did masturbate have... three times on a Saturday. Come on. So it's that easy to get holy water. It's that easy. They've got like the little machine on the side. Like they got a water dispenser. So I imagine that's holy water. It's in a church. It's got to be fucking holy. Wow. I think it's it's like sanctified or whatever. I think, I think we're all, I think we're all pretty fuzzy on the details of church and, uh, and everything else. It's, it's been a minute since we've been, but uh, with that, I I think we're all going to be going back to church a little bit. So for today, we're going to be covering the, uh, the, the Georgia Guidestones. A lot of, a lot of cool stuff to, uh, to get into there. To, to get us started with that, uh, Brother Michael, take it away. Brother Michael would like to disclose our sources. So the Wikipedia article on the Georgia Guidestones, we'll link this in the show notes, as well as a book called The Georgia Guidestones, America's Most Mysterious Monument, 
by Raymond Wiley and KT Prime. Do we have any kind of line of communication open with with Mr. KT there? I do want to ask him if he knows Optimus. Wow. Uh, look, wow. 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 Spotify uh, just de- removed our show. Dude, uh, they- KT Prime is a badass name. Where do you get the last name Prime? I don't know where you get the last name Finley. Uh, what the fuck is a Finley? It's actually, it's Irish. Are you insinuating that KT Prime made up their last name? I think they might have made up their whole name. Oh. We'll come up, we'll that? come back to made up names a little bit later because that's that plays a really important role in this episode. You should be ashamed. Calling yourself a community that cares. Oh, but we do care, Nicholas. It's all about the greater good. The greater good. The Georgia Guidestones was a granite monument erected in Albert County, Georgia, which stood from 1980 to 2022. The construction of the Guidestones was funded by a mysterious man with ties to a secretive Christian sect. Intended to be America's Stonehenge and more, the design of the stones included a compass, calendar, clock, and guiding principles for those who may wander upon it. Ironically, the structure was built of large granite pillars intended to withstand any sort of cataclysm for future generations, but was partially destroyed by a homemade explosive device on the 6th of July, and the remaining pillars dismantled that following day. So uh, our Holy Father, Caseman 3000, what was going on in uh, Georgia in 1980? Uh, well, obviously you had, uh, you had the Iran-Contra incident going on. Reagan and good old Jimmy Carter, they was running for president. Reagan would eventually win. And uh, in the state of Georgia, the University of Georgia football team was going undefeated and winning their first national championship, which sort of swept the state. I fucking called that shit. Okay. Yeah, he did. Well, that's me. what was happening in Before 1980. We were recording, we like, I bet Casey's going to bring up the Georgia Bulldogs. What are you? Well, yeah, that's what was happening in 1980. <laughs> that was the big thing around the state. Right. So I'm giving you an accurate snapshot of the times. I want to hear in depth stuff that was passed down like family heirlooms to me from the 1980 national championship. Okay, it was a big deal. Yeah, okay. you got one of those Coca-Cola bottles. I bet. Yep, sure do. Got a whole set. <laughs> Case man, aren't don't you currently reside close to Albert County? Yes, uh, I actually live in Albert County right now. The feeling like uh, after the Guidestones, have you heard any 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 talk about uh, how people feel about its destruction, which we'll come back and cover shortly? You know, it's weird. The community around here, like we're we're fucking obsessed with them. Uh, they were I, every time there was a big push or movement for them to remove the Guidestones, there was always like the same kind of blowback is if you were to tell people around here you were coming to take their guns they'd just be like come and try to fucking take it also people were really was... protective of the guidestones yeah big time big time wow. i heard my father-in-law i heard my father-in-law drunkenly like threaten any hypothetical vandals that Fuck might be yes. coming near the guidestones so we got case man boots on the ground at elbert county so if we get any blowback from this uh, episode, Case Man, let us know what the feel is around Elbert County. Oh, yeah, man. They were very popular around here. People were pretty upset when they got blowed up. I'd say it was the best place to do Pokemon Go, man. You couldn't beat it. There were some mm. wild Pokemon. It was a Pokestop <laughs> and everything. At what point did the Godstones have a falling out with Jesus? That's the question to answer today, Rob. We will come back to that. So uh, with the Guidestones, the monuments creators, which we'll talk about here in a second, uh, had a deep belief that there was going to be an upcoming social unrest, uprising, nuclear war, or huge economic calamity of some sort. And they wanted the monument to serve as a 
guide, thus the name, for humanity and how to run the world. That sounds uh, awfully satanic. Yeah, it, it, it. so initially, you know, people didn't seem to care too much about it. And then, you know, we've got Casey's report that everybody was like very defensive about it in the community, but it, it's become this subject of conspiracy theories and plenty of people allege connections to Satanism, witches, all that kind of shit. Yeah, I have some pictures up on our screen here. Pictures of the 2008 vandalism where they uh, spray painted things like Obama is a Muslim. Let's uh let's let's correct here because some if, people what might if not that's know. not is a Muslim? Yeah, what if that's supposed to be a two and it's like yeah. Obama, I too a Muslim. Yeah, I mean <laughs> like, I am also... people 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 watching they can't see that, so they spelled it I Z. <laughs> You're right. Like I've been writing this guy for months trying to tell him that I'm a Muslim. And he's not he's not sending anything back. So so they, they go on to say uh, on this uh, vandalism in 2008, fuck the NWO. Council on Foreign Relations is ran by the devil. You will not succeed. Jesus will beat you, Satanist. Is so I asked this before we started recording, but is NWO is that the national what is that? NWO. <laughs> it's the new world. <laughs> no. Damn it. I Dude, actually kind of want to hear make, make guesses. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. And Hulk Hogan. I, it was the I, premier I, Hollywood. It was, the, it was Hollywood. Hulk yeah, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. It's the premier wrestling stable of the nineties. Wait, I'm sorry. Is it actually is that actually what NWO is? I would for? argue that D Generation X was yes. was, was <laughs> more formative, but yeah, that yeah, NWO was pretty good too. Look, if you guys tell me this shit and I say it hey, brother. in public to someone else, I'm, I'm like, I absolutely will come back and, and report to you guys. Just say and it. Just yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna assume, but but New World Order sounds very prejudicial. I think the term NWO was, I don't think it was initially coined, but it was made very popular by uh, George Bush in the '80s. Uh, he was throwing New World Order and NWO around. It may have been when he was vice president or when he was president. I don't remember, but there's doesn't a lot of that, clips of him saying that. Doesn't that seem at odds with the type of person who's also writing Obama is a Muslim? You like, know, I he's... think these these things, we're going to find a lot of like uh, serious cognitive dissonance with some of these people that are, you know, they're very much into God's guns and government and the Constitution, even though the guys that wrote the Constitution didn't really believe in God. Uh, such a great segue to our history of the Georgia Guidestones. Until 1980, there was nothing on top of the Bear Hill outside of Elberton, Georgia. In June 1979, a man using the pseudonym Robert C. Christian approached the Elberton Granite Finishing Company on behalf of, quote, a small group of loyal Americans. Christian explained that the stones would function as a compass, calendar, and clock, and should be capable of, quote, withstanding catastrophic events. The man reportedly used the pseudonym as a reference to the Christian religion. Christian said that he wanted to build a granite monument that would rival the British Neolithic monument Stonehenge, and he drew inspiration from the structure after he paid visit to it. However, he said that while it was impressive, Stonehenge had no message to communicate. Joe Fenley of Elberton Granite believed that Christian was, quote, a nut, and he attempted to discourage him by providing a price quote for the commission which was several times higher than any project which the company had previously undertaken. To Fenley's surprise, Christian accepted the quote. When arranging payment, Christian claimed that he represented a group which had been planning to construct the Guidestones for 20 years and wanted to remain anonymous. Christian said he had chosen Elbert County because of its abundance of local granite, the rural nature of its landscape, 
its mild climate, and the family ties to the region. The total cost of the project was not revealed, but it was said to be over $100,000 in 1980, which is the equivalent to $370,000 roughly in 2021. Thanks, inflation. Christian delivered a scaled model of the Guidestones in 10 pages of specifications. The five-acre site was purchased by Christian from a local farm owner. The owner and his children were given lifetime cattle grazing rights in the Guidestone site. On March 22, 1980, the monument was unveiled by Congressman Doug Bernard before an audience of between two to 300 people. At the unveiling, the Master of Ceremonies read a message to the gathered audience. The message said, in order to avoid debate, we the sponsors of the Georgia Guidestones have a simple message for human beings now and for the future. We believe our precepts are sound and they must stand on their own merits. A man who identified himself as Robert Christian published a book entitled Common Sense Renewed, which described the ideology of the Guidestones. In it, the author wrote, I am the originator of Georgia Guidestones and the sole author of its inscriptions. I have had the assistance of a number of other American citizens in bringing this monument to being. We have no mysterious purposes or ulterior motives. We seek common sense pathways to a peaceful world without bias for particular creeds or philosophies. The monument was controversial even before it was unveiled. Some locals referred to its construction as, quote, the devil's work. A local minister warned that occult groups would visit the site and that a sacrifice was imminent. A 2009 Wired article also noted that sandblaster Charlie Clamp spent hundreds of hours on the etching, during which time he was constantly distracted by, quote, strange music and disjointed voices. Stop. Drop. Shut him down. Open up. Drop. So was he like, did he give any kind of like recap on the type of music he was hearing? What, like, did it sound like old, like fae, like fairy music? Or was it like? They didn't specify. Listen, man, I, I've been to the Godstones at just about every hour of the day. And I didn't hear a thing but fucking cows and cicadas. But yeah, if I had to pick what it would be playing, it'd be DMX. Hey, rest in peace, King. I have the feeling that the the guy who was a sandblaster is just trying to make himself really important and get people to pay attention to him and talk to him, and he made up all that shit. I guarantee you didn't hear a goddamn thing or any weird voices. Guy's full of shit, 100%. The most noise that happens around the Godstones are the people driving their massive trucks past it, and that's it. So, guys, I think it's time to read the Guidestones themselves. This shit about to get me crunk. You, you make it sound so exciting, Michael. Let's close it our is. eyes and draw our hands together for prayer. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts.
Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in world court. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Balance personal rights with social duties. Prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. For nature. For nature. For nature. That shit was like, that last one was absolutely meant to get rid of Snooky. So guys, um, what do we think about the guides? I did not feel like it was satanic at all. What, what does it make you guys feel? I feel like it's, it can't be some sort of evil shit or say, not necessarily that Satan's evil. I don't know. Satan could be a badass for all we know. But um, it seems pretty inclusive considering the number of languages they chose to print it in. And none of it seems to be, you know, it, it starts, some of them start where you're like, oh, no, this doesn't sound good. But then it's like, oh, wait, you know, like rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. That's pretty reasonable. That's I, I dig on that. Uh, you know, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. That's that's pretty much. I mean, they're basically laying out common sense shit. But I guess that's what the dude wrote in his book. But I know the history of how it was built, and I mean, it's pretty pretty spot on. I just I knew a guy that was working in the granite shed where the dude came in and ordered it, and he wasn't the guy that took the order, but he worked. He was there when the guy came in. So you knew a guy who knew a guy who knew uh, somebody else who did a thing. That... Well, I knew a guy that had like saw that RC Christian dude or whatever personally. Like, did he, he hear the music with? Fashion. Did he also no, hear music no, in the background? There was no music. He was a strange-looking little man in a suit that that didn't really have much of an accent. Look, who hasn't worked with music playing though? You know what I mean? Like, what if this guy was just like, yeah, I, I heard music playing while I was carving this stuff out. It's like, no, he's just he's just playing his music. And he thought, oh, you know what? I'll pass a lie detector test if I got it, because I was playing some shit. There's a farmer feeding his cows right across the field with fucking mountain music by Alabama just blaring on the speakers. Casey, are you trying to posit that the guy that went in to order the guidestones was a was a MIB? Uh, you know, it's kind of weird. I was thinking that because that was that was almost how this dude described him. He said it, 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 he was pretty forgettable looking. And just for those who don't know, MIB uh, means men in black. And it was but our yeah, first that's, episode. I was thinking that as I described it, I remember him telling me that story years ago. He was a guy, his his daughter and my brother dated forever. And our family was pretty tight. And he told me this one time we were out at dinner and he told me this. Yeah, that's, that's how he described it. He said he was a strange dude. Didn't sound like he was from anywhere around here. And he just showed up with a ton of money. And he said, just like it said in that book, where he said he represented a group of people that uh, I think I think they specifically picked Elbers in Georgia because of its proximity to big cities and where nuclear strikes might happen. And they figured that that location was going to be pretty safe. And that would be, you know, the good spot for people to find it. Is it possible that uh, that your friend is actually R.C. Christian? I sincerely doubt it. It's it's more likely he's Santa Claus. So, Rob, what what did the uh, guidestones make you feel like? Do you see anything that would make you believe it's satanic, or or what's the angle you see here? 
Look, there's nothing I would say that makes me feel it's satanic. I, I didn't see anything. I mean, if anything, there's a lot of stuff on there that I, I feel, especially given, you know, where we were at the beginning of this, this discussion, where we were talking about our, our last times in church, there's a lot of this that sounds a lot more forgiving to me than a, a lot of current uh, current Christian faiths are going with their preachings. But I will say the one, the bit that I, I'm a little bit nervous about would be the second one there with uh, God production wisely. That That does come across as something that could be problematic. And I'm not, you know, like, Improving fitness and diversity is is great, and I think that adding the bit, obviously, the, the the bit about making sure that it's diverse is a great way of being like, okay, it's not it's not inclusive of a of a race, it's not inclusive of you know a, a particular cast of people. So at least they're not being racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, the 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 concept that that is solely based on reproduction and not based on it's 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 it to me that I feel like that discounts the merit of nature you know nature versus nurture is like that's all nature make sure that you don't let people in your group who are in poor health that's natural selection rob that's as not that's as nature as it gets my dude you you're gonna have to be very careful casey before you start plus listen listen man i I would just trust if i was in the post-apocalypse and the godstones was in charge i'm bebopping cruising and I see a big fat motherfucker. I I don't trust that fat motherfucker. I'm sorry, Casey. If I see some dude in like half of a leather jacket, buff as shit, all greased up and shining in the sun, that Casey, is my and, new god. And and I don't, that is I don't, who I follow. And I and I don't mean to discount what you're saying, but Casey, I do want to be sure that we are at least of the understanding that you you and I don't fit. We don't fit the bill for guide reproduction wisely. You 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 and I, at best case, we become eunuch. We don't get to have kids. They don't want more of you and me. I'm more concerned about half a leather jacket. Like, what half of it is he wearing? Is it the, is it is it cut hot dog or hamburger? Which, yeah. which way are we going with hot this? dog or hamburger? Well, wouldn't you like hard. to know? It's more yeah, like it, there's only fifty percent of the jacket left. You know, this, think this like man, Max this man has a this man has a leather crop top. He's missing <laughs> one of those. One of the sleeves is missing, but it's cut down far enough where you can see like the, his fucking beautiful pecs. It's just those rock hard abs glistening and oil yes. and sunshine and grease he's just wearing a sleeve of this leather jacket on his dick yeah you look over at this fat guy and you think well he's not fit he's you know look at he look how fat he is in this new world how to get so fat but this godly man wearing only sleeves of a leather jacket seriously we don't know how he keeps the sleeves on his arms but by god he's he literally, does. this man is just wearing tattered clothing that is somehow just breaking the laws of physics and riding a Tom Hardy. I'm he, talking Tom Hardy Warrior when he was fucking cut, not not Bronson or a Dark Knight. So okay, Casey, you don't necessarily have any any trouble with this. You don't think it's uh, it sounds anything like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It it doesn't sound like too uh, problematic. Problematic. <laughs> it doesn't sound problematic. No, Rob, they all sound pretty pretty measured to me. Sounds reasonable. Okay. Rob, you feel like your biggest issue so far is guiding reproduction wisely. That and then uh, there is balance, truth, beauty, love. Throwing beauty in there is also kind of kind of getting a little, you know. Yeah, there's some now. eugenics. Some people, there's a eugenics I, conspiracy look, theories around I'm, this. Uh, yeah, those are the bits that kind of bug me a little bit. And uh, I think especially, those are the people who get recently, upset about this. Well, well, I don't think, I mean, I'll get upset. I don't think they literally like religious, mean beautiful people, though. I think there's subtext like, there. I don't I, think like, they mean a literal, attractive, hot as fuck person. 
Look, all I, all, yeah, with, with prize, truth, beauty, love, I think beauty can be like, especially given the, the focus that they put on nature, I think it can be tree. beauty in nature. Yes. I want to hear what Andrew has to say about this, but I think the, the, the real controversy from these guidestones just come from things like saying, maintain humanity under 500 million and perpetual balance, uh, guiding reproduction wisely, you know, uniting humanity with a living new language. These are all things that I think uh, on the surface make people panic a little bit. And I think that's why uh, they they figured this had to be satanic because why else would they say something like that? Well, my my thought about it is the I guess you know like everyone else I don't think that there's anything truly unmeasured in here. Maybe the forceful nature of saying no, you can only have this many people on the planet. I mean, China tried that thing out, but really I think the thing that gives a lot of people a lot of concern is that this is a reframing of the world and it's kind of a an insinuation of there should be a one world government thing. And I think that's where a lot of people get really nervous about that. Like the NWO. Yeah. NWO. Uh, A lot of people are, you know, they're nervous about the idea of like the whole uh, United Nations. They think that that's one world government stuff. And that's where it's like a lot of these people just get very, very silly. And they just think that there's like, you know, this is a cabal. This is, this is where Satan finds his way into your life kind of shit. And it's stupid stuff like that. But in general, I think that these guides think they're, practically inoffensive and it's any kind of jackass that thinks they're like super smart in the world and we're we're gonna fix the world up this is how we're gonna do it it you know it reads like all those kind of fucking things this to me genuinely reads as something that uh someone wants for the greater good the greater good sometimes the the needs of the many outweigh the few or the one Andrew, just to, to touch on what you were talking about as far as like the, the concept of like a unified world or whatever, there's a bit that says, let all nations rule internally. And to me, that that seems to indicate that there is some form of admission that like not like we're not going to the, the whole world will not be as one. Right. Like every every nation will have its own. So that to me seems to go ahead and negate the concept of like, oh, we're going to do we're going to abolish all countries. No, like like everybody will get to do their thing as agreed upon in their nation. Like it's, yeah, it, absolutely. And I think because they all, got a world, the, the world court would be the closest thing to something that's problematic to to an idiot, right? Well, but that like, and the and the specific number of five hundred million. This number five hundred million gets people triggered because they believe that it's saying that we need to like cut populations down to five hundred million. But the context of it was that they were giving this these guidestones in the event of like a nuclear holocaust they, they would believe that people would come across these stones two to three thousand years from now look i feel like these people have got it right with keep it under 500 million fucking keep it under and then we don't have to worry about this bullshit so are you going to be the police that gets rid of like the 500 million first baby Bro, I saw that episode of Love, Death, and Robots, and I'll tell you right now, they dress spiffy. I'll fucking do it in a heartbeat. I fucking yeah. hate. I I hate children. Isolate the audio. That that's going to the police right there. I would want to start a tribe of only cats and be called Chameleon. What? That, tell us more, Casey. <laughs> I, I kind of want to hear this more. That's just what I'd want to do if it all if the shit all hit the fan. I'd just take my wife and all the kitties I could find, and we'd just build a little fort. It'd be like it'd be like that place in Thunderdome. And I would be all I'd be like Tina Turner, except instead of a methane farm with pigs, it'd just be hundreds and hundreds of cats. 
you know they've, they've, they say that they've got like that big the big floating uh like the big floating like plastic mass in the middle of like the pacific you go out there and you establish a brand new nation of just like you and a bunch of cats you know there's going to be a lot of stuff for them to play with the main thing you'll have to do is go and pirate like you'll you'll have to go and steal stuff for the cats to eat or you'll have to fish and you know they like you know they like fish your ass y'all would be fucking set there's not stop be- just stop you had me at cat pirates you had me at cat pirates man i'm in zero zero with a fucking uh bandana like a little eye patch bro so regardless of our take on on the godstones and and what we thought about them right obviously there were a number of people in the world who who felt pretty negatively about it and and you know as we saw in 2008 people took the time to to really you know go out and say their piece via paint so i mean Andrew, could you tell us a little bit more about what happened here on uh, this year, actually, in 2022. Yeah, uh, in 2022, the year of our Lord. Um, nope. <laughs> Jack White? <laughs> Is Jack so, White our Lord? Uh, he could be. Uh, my so, Lord. So uh, early July of 2022, an explosive destroyed the Swahili slash Hindi language slab of the Guidestones. So there, there are numerous ones. They all have different languages. And that was the one that was destroyed. There's actually a, a video of the bombing. It's not terribly exciting. You see a car drive by very quickly and you hear a pretty loud boom. Nearby residents all uh, heard the explosion, felt it as well. It was around 4 a.m. The remaining Guidestones ended up having to be torn down by Baco, uh, the George Bureau of Investigation. Uh, they decided that the damage was bad enough that they had to take everything down just for the safety of the public and everything like that. And also, very sadly, there was an alleged time capsule underneath it. No evidence of any time capsule. I think that's the biggest, saddest part of the whole thing is no time capsule whatsoever. Um, I want my quaaludes. So, yeah, oh, they'd, they, be, they'd be just right. So the the GBI tried to put out many different alerts, trying to find people of interest, found absolutely nobody, no suspects as of this time. There was some movement to actually rebuild the Guidestones. The mayor of Elberton, uh, Daniel Graves, wanted to rebuild the monument exactly as it was, but then it just ended up petering out. There's no active plans to rebuild the actual Guidestones again. At least as of the uh, this recording, so hope. Hopefully, uh, R.C. Christian comes back up and decides to foot the bill again. Can we not? We can build some small ones. El- El- Elberton's like the granite capital of the world. How could it be that fucking expensive? Dude, so living here, the fucking town, I'll have to get some pictures next time. It's the most weird, morbid shit. Because it's the granite capital of the world, there are tombstones all throughout town. And behind each tombstone is the name of the granite shed that made the tombstone. But then there are names on the tombstones of people that are actually fucking dead. Some not dead. Wait, but like, are they buried underneath said tombstone? Or is this like a That's tombstone? That's what I'm like, trying to figure out, man. It seems to me it would be way more morbid if they were like, here's a bunch of tombstones around town. And we, we, we paid for this like while we were alive. And we really want to showcase this shit. And it's going to be moved to our gravesite afterwards. But this there's a lot of old for. people around here and old people are morbid as shit i remember like years ago my grandmother getting her and my grandfather's tombstone before they were even dead and like going up there to church with them one sunday i was had to visit and that's the worst part of visiting was having to go to church but after church she was like you want to go see where granny and papa's gonna be buried 
I was like, <laughs> is there going to be some some follow up news after that? I what mean, in the a, fuck? That's a fucked up thing to like, you know, yep, bought this plot. That's where me and Granny are going. Aren't you proud of us? I'm going to be riding I six feet you. under here. They picked a nice little spot with a view of the mountains. And they couldn't wait to show us. I mean, you got to have a view when you're dead, man. Yeah, because apparently when you're dead, you can see through, uh, you know, six feet of dirt. Well, the view is more for the people looking at their grave, which they did often. They would go and sit and just chat and, <laughs> and have a good time sitting at no. the site where they will be buried when they die. Honestly, looking like, at their names engraved no, on the tombstones and just discussing shit like, what, you want to you do a roast for supper? Casey, what did you call your grandparents? Uh, but on my mom's side, it was Granny Annie and Papa Tony. My Papa Tony was a badass. I'll have to tell you guys more about him later. We'll have to have an episode on Papa Tony. Oh, dude. He was was a hard-ass motherfucker. That dude was a moonshine runner. Did all kinds of dope shit. But on the other side, it was my nanny and my Papa Jimmy. Oddly enough, my my grandfather on my dad's side was one of the biggest moonshine-busting dudes in the state. And then on my mom's side, my grandfather was one of the biggest moonshine runners. In the mountains of Northeast Georgia. Did you guys have like weird names that you had to call your uh, your 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 grand people? Yeah, Andrew, absolutely. So on my mom's side, there was Nana and Papa Jitter, uh-huh. and then on my dad's side, I have Happy Kyle, and then this is the strangest one, Bear Bear. Bear Bear. Bear Bear, bear like like the like the animal Bear Bear. Yeah, you just say it twice. Was there what was the what was the, the the logic or what was the reason behind that? Uh, she wanted to be known as Mama Bear. She was going to be Mama Bear, and my little ass just could say Bear, and I just kept saying Bear Bear, and it just stuck. And I had great grandparents as well, so I had a Mamaw Lou, Mamaw, okay, and then I had a Mimi Ree, which is a really weird one. Her name was Marie, so she's like called me Mimi Ree. It's the most southern shit I've ever heard. I had a well, great grandmother whose name was Hepsi. 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 That's that's, that's <laughs> oh that's yeah. is that a joke? Is that an act? Hepsi Purcell. Is that a joke joke or is that like a for real? No, that's name? a real that's a real name. Yeah, I, I didn't have so like uh so on, on my dad's side we had uh my grandfather's name was uh was Calpaw because Cal-paw? he was a yeah, he was a he was a cattle farmer. Wow. So we all just called him Calpaw. My my grandmother's name to all of us, she was uh, she was just grandma. But to everybody in the community who she gossiped with, she was Winnie Sue, and uh, Winnie but Sue. <laughs> Winnie Winnie Sue. Um, but she was honestly the best human being. Uh, rest in peace, Winnie Sue. She R.I.P. Winnie Sue. One of the one of the few people in the world that I would, shout out I would, Winnie. I'd take a bullet for. Sounds like a Jerry Reed song. Rest oh, in she, peace. Oh, she Winnie loved Sue. Jerry Reed, bro. Oh, she loved him. Um, who doesn't? Okay, so on my uh, on my mom's side though, I had Daddy B, and then Daddy my grand B. and then my grandmother on my mom's side, her name was Tata. She thought that it meant thank you, and it really just means goodbye. <laughs> so, I just had sweet old sweet old Papa Mino and Mamita. I knew this was going to be great. Okay, what Those does that nice. mean? Papa Mino and uh, and Mamita. Papa uh, Mino comes from because um, his full name was Maximino, which means Maximilian. That's um, badass. So they called him Mino. And then you had a, I mean, every Spanish woman named 
Maria. <laughs> so you got Mamita. So we have a few excerpts from the book, The Georgia Guidestones. Again, this is by Raymond Wiley and KT Prime. You got to put the pause every time, bro. KT Prime. <laughs> like I didn't you give that. you a shitty joke to make you remember his name. <laughs> you That's... said that like like LeVar Burton had just introduced you on Reading Rainbow, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, this is one of my favorite books I've ever read. Hey, I was captivated by this book. Not all ancient monuments are mysterious, and not all mysterious monuments are ancient. What is unmissable is the strong whiff of 17th century Rosicrucianism running through the whole story. The Guidestones bear many of the hallmarks of a Rosicrucian stunt, and the classic mold designed to shake things up challenged the old and entrenched positions, getting people thinking along new lines. All of this strangeness seems to fit perfectly with the story of the Guidestones, starting of course with the elusive founder, R.C. Christian, who claims to represent a group of Americans who believe in God, like the original members of the Rosie Cross Brotherhood, who is visible to some in the Alberton community but not to others, and who creates a monument inscribed in multiple languages to, quote, convey certain ideas across time and to hasten in small ways the dawning of an age of reason. The ideas expressed in the stone's inscriptions, like the ideas in the original Rosicrucian manifestos, are there first and foremost to get people worked up emotionally and engaged intellectually with issues they might otherwise pass over. To this extent, the extreme reactions the monument has provoked, including the 2008 spray paint, could be exactly what R.C. Christian and his shadowy group hoped for when they conceived and commissioned the Guidestones. To attack something in the realm of ideas, one must first get to grips with it and try to understand it. As we do this, though it may be subtle at first, it can begin to shape and change us. What better form of initiation is there than the one that leads us to initiate ourselves? So guys, we're getting initiated today. What we're getting initiated to, I don't know. Cosa Nostra. I'm not Sicilian. They never let me in. I mean, they sound, Rosicrucian just sounds like something you order at a seafood place. It's a type of crustacean? Yeah, <laughs> is that, is that where really, that came from? Yeah, it's, it sounds like something you'd have to break the shell off of. So we've, we've heard about the, we've heard about the Godstones. We've heard about the construction of them. We've heard some of the, I wouldn't say necessarily supernaturally fueled stories about their, the building of them, but what, what does you guys take? Like, uh, like who had them built? If anything beyond some gossip worthy story, what purpose did they have? And did the Godstones serve their purpose? And I guess, who do we think destroyed those things? Casey being the Elbert County resident should be uh should be our first take on this our casey, alberton correspondent and in the field casey back to you who built it i don't know who built it man they try to keep it a secret but it was probably i mean this rc christian fellow was probably like a lackey for some group of super rich fucking dudes that felt like they had some sort of moral obligation to guide the country in the event that it was blasted to smithereens by russia which, you know, given the current state of affairs, they probably shouldn't have bought the Godstones because that's that's every bit of risk now as it was then. But I think it's, uh, they definitely didn't serve their purpose because I think their purpose was to be there in the event that we got blown up. And uh, we hadn't got blown up yet. And they did, which was the opposite of what was supposed to happen. So they had to be, they got to be pissed about that because they were like, this is the one thing that wasn't supposed to blow up. I don't know who did it. I'm sure it's probably some fucking local nut job that has all those political stickers on his truck and 
I don't think much of it, to be honest. The political stickers saying Bill Clinton is a good person? Yeah. Ultimately, I'm sort of, as I usually am, I'm sort of just like me about the whole thing. Maybe because I've seen him so many times, the uh, the wonder of them, the the luster of their mystery and mystique was sort of wasted on me because I was just really going there to drink beer and catch Pokemon. I don't think it was any kind of big conspiracy. I don't think anything about them is really all that big of a conspiracy. So in reading this book, The Georgia Guidestones by Raymond Wiley and KT Prime, I really felt that it was really obvious who these uh, people were. Uh, it was what some might consider a, a secret society, uh, although they're not really that secret. You can just look up the Rosicrucians on Google and you'll, you'll find like where you can subscribe to their newsletter and all this stuff. So it's not really secret. It's more just like uh, a lot of these uh, groups used to operate in, in private uh, because they were actually being prosecuted by the Catholic Church back in the day. Um, and so a lot of these groups went underground and that's how you know, we got the Rosicrucians, that's how we got the Freemasons, we got, uh, you know, I'm butchering a lot of really in-depth history here, but that's really the crux of it is like, the, they were trying to escape the Catholic Church. And so the way that I think about the Rosicrucians is like, they are literally just like OG Christians. They are people who, I mean, it stands for, I think it comes from the word like, uh, the like Rose Cross, Order of the Rose Cross or something like that. So they're very deeply religious and they have all these very spiritual practices. Hence, a lot of the uh, geometry and the sacred geometry type of shit that goes on with like the Georgia Guidestones. But I honestly believe that they were just trying to, perhaps a little bit holier than thou, uh, were trying to tell people how, how we should live our lives if things were to go to shit. And in the 1980s, I'm sure, especially if they had been planning it for some time, there was, they had just seen the 60s, they had seen the 70s. What a fucking crazy ass time for America, especially. Uh, and so, R.C. Christian actually left uh, those books uh, that we mentioned earlier called Common Sense Renewed. And there's actually PDF copies of this out there, guys, like annotated. If you just Google it, you'll, you'll find some of these. I, I personally think that they, they succeeded in their purpose, which was to get these guides out there, right? So I think that through the Rosicrucians, this is most likely like their Ten Commandments. I, I think that it's a nod to the Ten Commandments because it's something that people understand. And they were hoping that people would adopt this in some form or fashion, or at least be aware of it. Because at a lot of religious beliefs, your responsibility is done by just making people aware. It's up to them whether they choose to adopt that philosophy or not. The, the book, Georgia Guidestones, makes some good points about the types of stunts the Rosicrucians would pull. And I wouldn't be surprised if they destroyed the Guidestones themselves, because the Guidestones hasn't really been a part of mainstream conversation until earlier this year. Anytime that they were vandalized, anytime that something happened to it, that's when people would pay attention to them. So I think that they've accomplished getting attention to these guides. I personally believe that they had good intentions, but uh, jury's still out on whether or not the uh, impressions, the lasting impacts of the Guidestones will be worth the $370,000 that they spent on this. Yeah, that's my take. All right. As far as who had them built, I will say R.C. Christian. And I think that R.C. Christian is too conspicuous a name, especially when we talk about the concept that like the, you know, you have this group of people, the Rosicutions, who's, you know, who, what was it? The, the Rose of something? It's a Order, Order of the Rose Cross. Cross. Yeah. yeah, Order of the Rose Cross. That's literally 
just rose cross christian i mean that's not even like super well, it was very uh, intentional. Know. It was very intentional. That that's how the Rosicrucians like sign these things. It's it was supposed to be very much a not even under the yeah. radar kind of thing. Yeah. So, I, like, do I believe that, that that that's the man's name? No, I believe that the the, the order had that belt. Uh, as far as their purpose and whether or not they succeeded and all that, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and say now. I think that when they were built, there would not have been a way to predict that the internet would be what it's going to be today. I think that the people have something of an idea, but when they built it, they didn't know that that would withstand, you know, somebody blowing that shit up. I would say they succeeded by technicality. I, I don't think that they succeeded because they knew that the Godstones were going to be forever held on a server somewhere that we could just Google anytime we wanted given just given given the fact that they were only able to blow up one fucking godstone i'm just gonna go ahead and say i think it's redneck idiots in the in the backwoods i've watched redneck idiots before where they take uh they'll take like a, a propane tank and put like a like they'll open it up and they'll, please don't so, go into any more instructions on how to make bombs i'm just saying i've seen it happen i <laughs> don't like, want to get taken off the air but uh but, but you no, heard I mean, it here like, from rob finley it's not hard to make bombs and the recipe for meth is as follows. But no, I like I've seen I've seen people blow shit up on farms and Elbert County is clearly it's a it's a rural area. Plus, it's it's a granite mining community. Act like nobody's ever blown something up in a granite mining community. I feel like somebody close by decided, you know what? We've had enough of it. I would say the only thing that leans me away from that is actually Saint Case uh his his testimony that people of of Elbert County are actually fairly proud of it. Rob, I want to come back to something you mentioned earlier about like not anticipating the internet. A part of me interpreted the, the third principle, unite humanity with a living new language. That made me think of the internet. In my opinion, a living new language is a, is a language that is constantly evolving in the way that we say that we have a living document. I, if anything, I would say that unite humanity with a living new language means let's do away with all languages and build something new that is a living document, a living template for how we talk, that we are constantly adding new things to so that we can all basically speak the, the same language with minor differences. So with that, we want to hear Brother Andrew's takeaway here. So in terms of who built the Guidestones, the obvious has already been stated about the Rosicrucians. Um, I don't necessarily think it was a group of people. I think it was probably one person who had more money than sense. I've actually, here, here's a funny one. I've read about uh, possible identities for this RC Christian person. And one name that keeps coming up a lot is Ted Turner, former owner of the Hawks and the Braves and CNN and TBS and all of that stuff. Uh, Interesting because he's known as being kind of a, he likes to think of himself as a Renaissance kind of man. Um, you can read through all the um, common sense renewed. It's definitely somebody who thinks of themselves as being like a new Thomas Paine. Wouldn't surprise me one bit that, you know, this is something that comes out of the head of somebody like Ted Turner. I'd say Ted Turner is probably not it, but it's some guy who like thinks of himself as just being like really, really smart and, you know, he's like, well, you know, this all goes back to the Knights Templar and whatever, and this is how we can reshape the world. And it's like, you know, somebody is just arrogant enough to put something like this out there and has enough money to do it. 
as for who destroyed it, I agree with where Rob was going that it was probably some good old boys. There was a lady we had talked about her before, uh, Candace Taylor. Uh, she ran in the uh, Georgia Republican gubernatorial primary and got her ass handed to her. I, there's no reason why she'd have ever should have fucking run, but she got absolutely killed. And, and part of her platform was to destroy and remove the Georgia Guidestones. So I would say that she got it. If she wasn't directly involved, she definitely had somebody who was a supporter or uh, was in, you know, got stoked by her commercials or her rhetoric. So I, I think that it's likely, you know, something around along that line. This chick went to Georgia Southern, so she, you know, she's not very smart. <laughs> Rob, didn't you go to Georgia Southern for a year? Yeah, and I wasn't very smart. I didn't even graduate, bro. Oh, that's terrible. I went to Appalachian State, so that's our blood rival. I mean, all you have to do to get into Georgia Southern is have a pulse. So, I mean, and honestly, they'll take you if it's weak. <laughs> so, for anyone who might be listening who believed these guidestones to be satanic, I encourage you to stop and do a little bit of reading and come to your own conclusions afterward. And, and if you still believe they're satanic after you read, then keep reading and see if you come to a different conclusion. But that's, bull- um, that's bullshit, Michael. I'm sorry. Anybody, anybody who can read would know that they're not satanic. I think that's a good uh, note to end our episode on the Georgia Guidestones. So guys, we, I think we did our best to try to cover the, the, uh, the story behind them, the history. But um, as I mentioned, there's so much in this book. Uh, we're going to link it in our show notes. Again, the Georgia Guidestones by Raymond Wiley and KT Prime. Check it out. First things we got coming up. Uh, I know that uh, I know Michael and Andrew are uh, are working on their own sort of side project, but uh, I think our our big next supernaturally bad podcast episode is going to be covering the Kentucky Goblins. Uh, if you don't know anything about them, don't worry. I don't either, but we will find out on the next episode. So it's so please, much fun. Uh, yeah, please please be sure to, uh, to to stop in, learn about them with uh, with my you know with, at least with myself and and in uh, case man. Goblins are pretty wild, man. Michael, did you know they have mind goblins? Yeah. The Kentucky yeah. goblins are mind goblins. Yeah, mind goblins. Little green. Balls. Well, I mean, most goblins are by nature. They all <laughs> live in little mines. They carry little, little leather pouches and collect rings and coins and trinkets that catch their eye. Okay. This is even better. <laughs> that was, I was trying to goat Michael into a D's nuts joke, and you just like you were so earnest about it, Casey. I loved it so much. It was pretty good. It was it was good. <laughs> so that that'll be the next supernaturally bad podcast episode, and uh, just listen out for more news on our side projects. We got a few coming. So yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, you can reach out to us at this here podcast at gmail.com to share your own creepy stories, offer corrections, ask questions, make comments, make topic suggestions. If you are RC Christian and you're listening to this, reach out. We'd love to hear your take on what's going on. But yeah, but also uh, if you're if you're DB Cooper, I'd like to know your uh, your ad on Instagram. Real quick. Yeah. Also, if you're uh, Ted Turner, we'd also like to hear from you. Yo, yes. my dad actually met Ted Turner, bro. Talked to him at a bar for like a little bit. Did he well, ask him if he was RC that? Christian? Did he ask him to call into our our podcast? I, I think my dad's a pretty he's he's more reclusive than I am. Uh, I don't think he'd reach out. Uh, and also, my mom chastised him for for talking above his station. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Woo. Case man, end us on a catchphrase. Boogity, 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 let's go racing.
Oh no. Oh yeah. This has been the Supernaturally Bad Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us about a topic we should cover, or just reach out to chat, send us an email at thisherepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Endejos. Endejos. No. No, wait. Endejos.